Welcome to this message from Life Assembly, a thriving church in the northwest suburbs of Minneapolis. Please visit us online at lifemn.org for more information. And now join us as we pursue Jesus together. To keep it from the Midianites. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied, but if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are all his wonders that our ancestors told us about when they said, did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hand of Midian. The Lord turned to him and said, go in the strength you have and save Israel out of, the Midian's, out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied, but how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my family. The Lord answered, I will be with you, and you will strike down all the Midianites, leaving none alive. And this is Judges chapter 6. Heavenly Father, we come before you in the name of your Son, Jesus, and Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, that uh, you are still speaking to us today and that we get to come here together and worship. We get to come and laugh and be in your presence and be in fellowship with one another. And Lord, um, I just pray that you speak to our hearts this day on the 6th of January, 2019. <clears throat> amen. That's how, that's how you look up, you know, is when somebody says amen. That's the rule. It's right in the Bible somewhere. It's not, okay. So Jaina and I, uh, if you, some of you probably heard us say this before, that we've done life backwards. Uh, we had kids much earlier than uh, the culture tells us we're supposed to, um, much faster than the people that are our age um, had kids. We, were, we declared that we were finished um, when our kids were just, or when our friends were just starting to have kids. So in the midst of that, our friends had a tendency of being older because it was just kind of where we, we were in, in life. Um, I, I don't know if I really recommend uh, doing it the way that we did. I mean, it really puts a lot of uh, difficulties in, in life a lot earlier on, but that's okay. There's also benefits um, as well, but that's kind of a, a different story. But one couple who was... Um, our age, and they started having kids by the time that we were pretty much done, they were, ex we were excited for them, but they were um, declaring in their acumen and knowledge of all things by the immense power of www.google.com, they declared that their parenting, in all their parenting wisdom, the things that they were going to do to be the best parents on the planet. Their first declaration before they gave birth was no pacifier. <laughs> because the violent sucking would pull the teeth out and push them forward. <clears throat> they are so smart. Then they declared that in all of their wisdom that there would be no traditional play walker because their kids would now be bow-legged and then they would go down the steps. Oh. 
There were other declarations that were made from our wonderful friends, but I seem to have forgotten them. Um, as this idealistic and principled couple declared their knowledge to Jaina and I, not only were we trying not to laugh at their well-informed ignorance, uh, we were also convicted and convinced that our children were going to be bow-legged and toothless cowboys. <clears throat> they, of course, were telling everyone who would, you know, listen about their advancement and parenting and how superior they were. And I'll never forget uh, what my buddy said to me is they were walking out of the hospital. His wife was ahead of them with their child. And um, a nurse came and grabbed my friend. And she secretly placed a pacifier in his hands and gently closed his fingers around it. And she just said, honey, trust me. <laughs> I know this story only because he told it to me. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. And then she walked away. She walked away. My wife shared an article with me this week that had over, uh, this week had 117,000 shares, which means that millions of people read this article, and mainly mothers. Um, the article was called, Just Do the Dishes, Please, The Kids Will Be Fine, by Rachel Marie Martin. Rachel is responding to all the pressure by probably well-meaning mothers or people who are very superior, about how to skip the dishes, skip housework, do not miss a moment of your child's life. You can't miss anything. Life is too precious. Don't just all that other stuff, just leave it. Some, some, somebody's going amen, right? <laughs> but as if anybody needs more pressure, right? Okay, now this burden is on me too. Now I'm going to potentially miss a, a crucial moment of my kid's life and it's forever gone. So she writes, hey, do the dishes. Your kids will be just fine. So just like my friends de declaring how bad a pacifier is, and I say, for me personally, I say, for the love, put a pacifier in your kid's mouth. It's not for them. It's for you, okay? Okay? But what Rachel says, and here, here's the quote, Mom, stop feeling guilty about this. You are not a bad mom if you're not sitting there savoring every single moment. Work must be done. By doing these things, you're actually teaching your kids. It's life, is what she writes, end quote. What does this have to do with Gideon and an angel? So this section of Scripture actually goes much deeper than this, and we're going to address that, but we're going to... Um, address some of these bigger questions, cultural questions, and that's why I, I named this Big Questions. Big Questions. And there's some notes and some questions in your bulletin. So there are questions that we hear right now in the 21st century, and it shows similarities to the questions that Gideon asks this messenger that came to him from the Lord. These are questions about life. These are concerns that, that people are faced with every day. They're fears, and they haven't changed that much. For those that do not know, or, um, here, here are a few major questions that religious leaders continue to answer and people continue to ask. And some of you um, have asked these questions as well. Where is God in my situation? Gideon asked this. And essentially, he's saying, is there really a God? Why do bad things happen to good people? Why did our spiritual ancestors or people in the Bible 
experience big and terrific wonders and miracles, and I haven't seen any. Have you ever asked questions like this? These are big questions. <clears throat> First, let's look at what happened in Judges 6. So in, in the beginning of Judges 6, so right now there's no king in Israel. What ends up happening is when times get really bad, God raises up a judge to rule Israel. And at this time, it is Gideon. And these Midianites, they are just wreaking havoc on the lives of Israel. And so who, who are the Midianites? Well, they're actually relatives. So Abraham had Isaac, right? And this is the bloodline of where Israel came out from. And this was his first wife, Sarah. And they had Isaac in very old age. But then after Sarah died, he got married. He married a younger woman. Now, he was an old man by this time. And he married Keturah. And he had multiple kids by her, and Midian was one of these kids. Now, unfortunately, his son Midian did not serve or worship God, God Yahweh, the Father. So what we find is that God actually uses the Midianites to punish Israel. So in verse 1, Judges 6, verse 1, it tells us that Israel did evil in the eyes of the Lord. And if you've ever read Judges, you see this as a trend. So the people will turn to God. They'll get their lives right. Things are going well for a number of years, maybe 40 years. And then there would be some kind of ruler or somebody would come in and do evil. And the rest of the country would follow their leader. And they would totally go away from God, serving other gods, doing just terrible and despicable things. And this is what happened. So Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord, and for seven years it says that God gave them into the hands of the Midianites. The Midianites were more of an annoyance. They ravaged the entire country. They, they burned their crops. They tore things down. They totally terrorized the Israelites. And it, it's really interesting that when life gets hard, people turn to God. And God knows this. And God knows this. Their food, their livelihoods were destroyed. And when people are no longer safe and their livelihoods are in question, they start getting on their knees and crying out to God. And God responded. And that's why we see him going to Gideon here. So some people have a hard time when we talk about judgment or judging people, but God does judge. He's loving, and he judges. It is better that it is God pronouncing judgment and not us. There can be an amen there. This is right for, for God to do this. But it, it's really no different in society with how we enforce laws. If I get pulled over for speeding, am I going to be surprised? Well, only if I didn't see the cop. Then I'll be surprised. But then I'm like, oh my goodness, I can't believe I was speeding. I can't believe I did that. If you're a student and you haven't done your homework, do you really act surprised when you don't get credit for it? Well, what happened? Well, your teacher enacted judgment. It was a natural consequence to you not doing your homework. That, that is actually what, what judgment is. So it, it is 
a natural consequence to all of life. So for those who argue that a loving God will not judge, well, certainly that same person wouldn't argue that if God is blessing you, do you have any problems when God is blessing you? Well, of course not. I'll take every blessing possible, right? You can't have one without the other. There is either both judgment and blessing, or there is none. So that's, that's what we're faced with. In Genesis chapter 22, verse 18, we see this moment with God and Abraham, and God says to Abraham, because you have obeyed me, all the nations of the earth will pronounce blessing on one another using the name of your descendants. Abraham's obedience and faith in God brought blessing. This method has not changed for us today. Obedience and faith in God brings blessing. Obedience and faith in God brings blessing. It has not changed. In Judges chapter 6, Israel parted ways with God, started serving other gods, started doing detestable things, and they did evil in the sight of the Lord. And God brought in Midianite. It's so interesting, the protection that was around Israel. His blessing of protection was around them, and he lifted that. As he lifted that, they began to now cry out to God, and now it is called mercy that God responded. His mercy to bring them back to him. When we first find Gideon, he is hiding and he's secretly threshing wheat out of sight from the Midianites. They are everywhere. And so for him to survive, he is doing this just thrashing wheat, which you know is a messy and a terrible job. And he is sitting there and he's sweating and he's trying to get this done without his crops being ruined by the Midianites. Life was harm. It was hard. And there was no relief in sight for these people. When the angel appeared to Gideon, he had his arguments ready. Now, this is where these big questions start coming right away. Like many of us have experienced hardships, like Gideon or like my friends with kids, they are smarter than everyone else because their experiences are teaching them something. And Gideon's experiences were hard, and they were starting to teach him things that were different than the God that he had learned about. So he was angry about all these big, grandiose faith stories from the past. He was smarter than that. He didn't see the big faith stories or experience them, so he must, these must be fake childhood stories just to make him feel well. His experiences were different than previous generations, and he was doubting everything that he was raised with. How many people have heard that from people around them? Big questions. One of the most famous lines from the story, many of you know it by heart, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. First thing that this angel said to Gideon. This statement is very important. I mean, it's, it's crucial. The angel of the Lord is calling Gideon a mighty warrior while he is hiding and privately threshing wheat. He is no warrior. He is, feels like a coward, and he is just trying to survive. How on earth can you call me that? The angel of the Lord calls him by who he's going to be. He's calling him by who he's going to be. This is why God calls us by name. And better yet, he calls us sons and daughters before we actually are 
his sons and daughters. And I don't know about you, but that's really reassuring to me. The statement is so important. Gideon wastes no time at all to challenge the angel's word. So listen to some of these questions. Here it is right away. So he is is called a mighty warrior, and Gideon looks at him and says, if God is with us, why has all this happened? You're saying that I'm a mighty warrior? Where is God? If God is with us, why has all this happened? In other words, why do bad things happen to good people? We are good people. Why are bad things happening? Then right away, he has another question. Where are all God's wonders that our ancients told us about? Questioning everything that he was raised with. Then he essentially shouts, God is dead, or at least he's abandoned us. God has left us. We are on our own. It is just me and my bootstraps, and that's all that life is. Little did Gideon know that he would be now one of those ancients that God did miraculous things through. Because he didn't see it yet. He didn't see himself as a mighty warrior. He saw himself as a coward, privately threshing wheat and hiding from the Midianites. Now, you notice that he did not recognize that he or his people had fallen out of communion with God. He takes no responsibility at all for what his people have done, he places it all on God. It's all God's fault, apparently. Is it possible that God was trying to bring Israel back the entire time? And the answer, of course, is yes. So now let's look at the response of the angel, because he doesn't try and fight it or argue with Gideon, because that would just be a total worthless uh, feat for him. In verse 14... This is so encouraging to me. I hope it encourages you this morning. The Lord turned to him and said, go in the strength that you have. Go in the strength that you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. And then he said, am I not sending you? We see Gideon begin to give excuses. We see this, and this is a typical response to people who are responding when God is telling them to do something big. Well, I'm, I'm, not the, I'm not the guy for that. I'm not the woman for that. You must have met that person over there. This, you, you must have got your wires crossed. This is not for me. <clears throat> We're not going to be spending a lot of time here because I think there's something else that is just yelling at us this morning. It's the third time I'm going to read this. Go in the strength that you have. What? The strength that I have? Are you kidding me? Are you joking? God, you can see right now, I, <clears throat> I, I haven't been doing a bang-up job here. I mean, it's New Year's, and I've just got a Bluetooth scale. I mean, look at me, right? You should see my spiritual life, right? I mean, <laughs> go in the strength that you have. Mothers, what if instead of feeling pressure from culture and other voices, you could settle into God's voice saying, daughter, go in the strength that you have. Wouldn't that make you feel a lot different? Wouldn't that be empowering if you heard 
God say that to you? Maybe you're not a mother. Maybe you're someone that felt like you're less than. Maybe you're you're feeling inadequate. What if God is asking you just to go in the strength that you have? Men who have friends or acquaintances that always seem like they're further than you in life or you feel like you're just never meeting up because of people around you? What if you heard God's voice just quietly say, you're enough. You're enough. And so I want you to go in the strength that you have right now. What if you knew for sure that God was saying that to you? Not to become somebody else. Not to be something that you've somehow created in your mind or you've seen on some mom blog somewhere. Would it change your life? How could this angry coward Angry at God, angry at life, angry at what he thought were lies that were told to him all these years. Be an instrument of God. God turns Gideon into something he was not, but he knew it before Gideon did. He was turned into what God already knew. He was going to be a mighty warrior who God lifted up as a judge for the nation of Israel for decades. His family was less. He was a nobody. He was the least in his family. He was from a small tribe. Who was this guy? Judges chapter 6, starting at verse 15. I like how polite he is, even though he's super angry. Pardon me, Lord. Gideon replied, but how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my family. The Lord answered, I will be with you. So you see there's two parts to this. Go in the strength that you have, and I will be with you. See how this works, friends? This isn't an excuse for Gideon not to do anything, like he's going to just sit on the threshing floor and wait for God to miraculously do something with him. No, he had to get up and respond with the strength that he had, and God came to meet him. And this is what God is calling us to do. He has given, some of us have different levels of strength. Some of you are incredible and amazing and I'm not going to lie, sometimes I get jealous at some of the things that some of you accomplish and I'm like, man, that's so cool. I read books and I read articles and I'm like, man, I don't know how they do that. How do they accomplish? I need to take a nap just from reading this. You know, I'm like, I'm inspired and I, and I, I, I do, I want to improve. I want to get better at, as being a father, at, at being a husband. I want to I be a better pastor. There are th- I, I work on this. And I pray and I ask the Lord for help. I ask the the Lord for wisdom that goes beyond my ears. I I ask the Lord to come and and to give me more patience. I ask God to give me the, the right insight to be able to speak into people's lives. I pray and I cry out to God. But in the end, I can only go with the strength that I have. And I'm starting to get more comfortable with that. Doesn't mean I can't improve. But let me tell you something. There is an expectation. I have an expectation that God is going to meet me. 
I do something the best that I can, and we mix that with God's best, and something amazing happens. And I want that for your life. I desperately want that for your life, even when you don't see it right now like Gideon. If someone came to you and said, and you are a mighty man or woman of God, and you went, oh, you don't know. But God knows. He sees something you don't. Are you going to listen? You do what you can do in your own strength, and God says, I will do what I do in mine. Our arguments soon go by the wayside when God shows up. I know, I know mine did. I can't speak to your life and your questions and your experiences, but I can speak to mine. And I remember asking difficult questions, pursuing God with my questions, with tenacity. I remember getting in arguments, questioning, sometimes being angry. But I remember when God showed up. And there, there is this moment that's hard to explain, but let me tell you something. Questions don't matter a whole lot when you realize that the God of this universe took a moment to answer your prayer. A prayer so specific, nobody else knows about it, and he comes and answers it. All of a sudden, those questions, you go, all right, but God is real. But God is here, and God is with me. Let me tell you something. When you seek God, when you pursue God, he is going to answer your prayers. He is going to speak to your heart. And um, <clears throat> there's a Bible verse um, in Deuteronomy 29, 29, and it says, the secret things belong to the Lord. There are certain questions that you are asking that you're not going to know until you stand face to face with God. And so there's just certain things that I've come to know. You know what? I'm going to put this in God's hands, but I still have questions. But when God answers your prayer and God shows up, you listen. You listen. Heavenly Father, I come before you in the name of your son, Jesus. And uh, I just ask that you meet us today. I ask that as we come into this new year, that we are able to go in the strength that we have that we're able to go in the strength, Lord, that you've already given us and that you meet us and you bring us to a place that we had no idea that we could even get to. But Lord, you, we trust you and we love you. In your holy name we pray. Amen. You've been listening to a message from Life Assembly. Connect with us online at lifemn.org. And thanks for listening.
You've been listening to a message from Life Assembly. Connect with us online at lifemn.org. And thanks for listening.